she comes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello. Happy Saturday, everyone. We are super excited um, that you are out there and joining us today for another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. And um, we are uh, a show where we are coaches and entrepreneurs and leaders. And what we like to do is discuss the ups and downs of creating a successful yeah. career business. Um, all right. Of creating a successful career and business. And so, uh-oh, looks like, hold on, let me just remove Roz while she's working on technical difficulties. <laughs> so, this is season two, episode nine, Becoming a Great Leader, Why Emotional Intelligence is Important for Leaders. Uh, and so before we go through our introductions, uh, just a couple of housekeeping items. Tell us your name, where you're watching from, and we want to know what's in your cup. I also have a big ask for you to take a minute, whether you're watching live or on replay, uh, and like the video, share the video. Um, don't forget to add your comments because that makes our show much more interesting, more powerful. It enriches the discussion when you are adding your comments to the conversation as well. We want to make sure that we get those included also. And then we also want to be sure um, that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and we'll place a copy. Um, uh, we'll place that link for you in the comments during the show. So um, as we get started, we'll do our introductions and let's first check on our other uh, co-host and see if she's ready to join us. Ms. Roz, can you hear us? Yeah, you can hear me now. We can hear you. All right. We're just getting ready to start introductions. Fantastic. So, uh, so let's go ahead dive into introductions. My name is Rhonda Y. Williams, and I'm your host for the show. I am an emotional intelligence strategist and leadership coach. And what I do is I help leaders shift from overwhelmed to overjoyed, from stuck to unstuck, so that they can be more consistent in creating the positive results that they want in both their life and career. I like to say that I love to help you transition from the life you live to the life you love. So that's a little bit about me and who I am. I am excited today because we have, of course, a fantastic uh, panel here that's going to help in the discussion with us today. Um, and let's go. We're going to go to reverse. Miss Cordelia, I'm going to come to you last on this round for our introductions. And uh, let's start with you, Murray. Good evening. I always want to say good morning. So, so it's good evening on my side. Good morning, everybody in the US and uh, probably good afternoon elsewhere in Europe and Africa. My name is Murray Aka, the greatness engineer. Uh, I'm an oil and gas expert, but uh, here I'm a coach. Uh, I'm the founder of the Mirai Tilekima Global Leadership Organization, and in this organization, we actually make sure that people take control of their results, they take control of their success, and they become the best that they can be. And today's subject is actually one of my favorites, so I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Thank you, Marae. Hey, I forgot to say what was in my cup, right? I've got my coffee with Rhonda cup and mm -hmm. I have strawberry tea with a touch of ginger um, that I added in my cup this morning. It's delicious. So Marae, what you got in your cup? So I have hot chocolate in my, in my cup. Oh. So I went uh, hot chocolate this time. Oh, fantastic. So um, Cordelia, uh, Jake's out there and he says good morning to you. <laughs> good morning, Jake. <laughs> awesome. So Miss Roz, good morning. Good morning to you. Tell us who you are and what you got in your cup. Well, you have to forgive me because I left my cup in the kitchen coming this way. But it, it, does, have, it does have peppermint tea. And honey, so I just I want to say that's what's in the cup. All right, awesome. <laughs> but well, anyway, let me, know. let me know when you want to go grab okay. your cup, and I'll take you off screen because at the end, you know, we gotta hold up those cups. <laughs> I know, I know. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, good morning. I'm Ross Jones. I'm coming to you live from the sunny state of Sunshine, Jacksonville, Florida. I am the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we provide. Four levels of specialized care to your loved one, sitter, homemaking companion, home health aide, and certified nursing assistant. And when you can't do it all, give us give her a call. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Ms. Roz and Cordelia. Good morning. Good morning to you and welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show. Tell us who you are and what you got in your cup. Good morning, Rhonda. Thank you so much for having me here. This is one of my favorite shows to watch on Saturday morning. I just want to say that. Um, <laughs> so I am Cordelia Gaffar. I'm an international bestselling author. I am an internationally recognized and award-winning podcaster. And I'm a transformational strategist who helps guide women to use their difficult and darkest emotions so that they can show up powerfully in the world. But my biggest brag, I've got six kids. <laughs> and what's in my cup? Surprise, surprise, it's not Eid yet, although Apple Calendar told me it was. And so what's in my cup is compassion. Because oh. <laughs> that's okay. We love it. Full of compassion. That's amazing. And I, I love what you do and, and really helping us to use our emotions powerfully. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Today, our topic is emotional intelligence. And really, it's about how do we use that emotional intelligence to become great at what we do? Great leaders, great people, great moms all of that. How do we show up in the world, just as you say, um, most powerfully? So let's start sort of by, um, for me, a, a very basic uh, question that I have um, for folks out there. And so whether you're watching live or in the replay, you can choose to type this in the comments if you are feeling um, transparent this morning, or you can just think about this and respond to yourself. But my question for you and for everyone out there this morning is, what kind of leader are you? Are you, would you describe yourself as an okay leader? Would you describe yourself as a good leader? Would you describe yourself as a great leader, right? How would you describe yourself as a leader given where you are today, your experiences, your skill set? What kind of leader are you today? Are you a good leader? Are you a great leader? Um, are you an okay leader? And any place that you are is okay. This is a judgment-free zone. The idea is to start off by tapping into our own self-awareness and understanding where we are as leaders. So let's start with a quick definition of emotional intelligence. And there are 10,000 definitions of emotional intelligence out there. And I want to set a baseline um, for the, the uh, definition that I want us to, to use today on the show. So very simply, emotional intelligence is the ability to make healthy and productive choices based on your understanding and management of your emotions and your understanding and management of the emotions of others. Okay, the operative um, part of that is really um, being able to make healthy and productive choices based on the understanding of those emotions. So that'll be our guiding discussion today for emotional intelligence. And so where I want to begin uh, with today's discussion is we are in a very, very interesting time uh, in our world. Every single workplace has um, seen their world sort of turned upside down, topsy-turvy. And I, the question that I always ask is, are leaders um, ready? Or do leaders have the skill set? Do leaders have the ability mm -hmm. to take us through this period that we're in? And what does that look like? So I want to just start with a discussion of um, um, sort of one of the main um, things that I've heard recently that, and I want to get all of you all uh, to give me some input and feedback on and where this plays in with emotional intelligence. On the food delivery apps, there are ways that you can obviously, lots of different restaurants out there. People are trying to support local businesses, right? Small businesses to help keep them afloat. Well, what we've discovered lately is that there are some businesses that are actually changing their names on the delivery app so that it sounds different. So for instance, um, there was one place called, it sounded some fancy Italian name pizza, right? Let's just say Antonio's Pizzeria. When the, the food arrived, it was really from Chuck E. Cheese. There was another um, place where it was uh, some wing place. 
And they gave it this new fancy rings, neighborhood wings or something like that. And it was really one of the older, you know, kind of established places. So as we start this discussion today on emotional intelligence, my question is, where does that come into play? Where does emotional intelligence come into play in these organizations? What does it mean? What's the level of awareness of within their own organizations? What's the level of awareness and understanding of customers and their expectations? And then how did that translate into that definition that I read? Is this healthy and productive? Uh, you know, is this a healthy and productive behavior um, to take in this time? So um, I, I want to start with that discussion because I want to make this very pointed and very real in where we are today. So um, Cordelia, let's start with you. There, there are these organizations and we get it, right? They are trying to survive. But for these leaders in these organizations, how does this play out in terms of showing up as your best self as a highly emotionally intelligent leader in a turbulent time? Well, first of all, that's kind of shocking to hear that uh, people are doing that, you know, and the, in regards to the food apps, um, you know, actually, I've been kind of following a couple of leaders um, as far as companies go. And the, the one that comes to mind for me is Dan Price. Mm -hmm. at Gravity. And I don't know if you guys read that article about him back in March, but um, he is at the forefront, I would say, as far as what our benchmark should be as a leader using his emotional intelligence, because he already decided like a couple of years ago to make his minimum wage for his business $70,000 a year, like oh. across the board. And secondly, when COVID came into place, he... Um, had a all hands meeting on the 19th of March and asked his 200 employees, look, I don't want to lose anybody and I don't want to raise prices for our customers. So um, what should we do? And then he even went and had micro meetings with small groupings of his employees. And what came of that? Everyone in his company agreed to a 20% pay cut so that they could keep their jobs and wow. still support their clients. So, I mean, I think that is an excellent example of a leader making healthy choices, right? I'm sure he was freaking out, but since he already had established that relationship with his employees by, look, let's just be real. Um, yeah, right. and gravity is thriving. Let's be real. You know, um, minimum wage is way too low. I think it should be 70 grand, you know? Wow. And so he had that relationship built up. Yeah. So, so Cordelia, it's interesting because when we sort of set these are we're in the midst of these real live case studies that are happening before our very eyes on the importance of emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence for everyone out there watching. It's not just about, oh, I know how to control my anger, which is <laughs> what I hear often. Right. Emotional intelligence is I know how to control myself. I'm good. Hey, we don't need to talk about my emotions, but that's not what emotional intelligence is. There's a huge lack of understanding. And for organizations that at this point choose to be real with themselves, right? Let's start with the very first aspect of emotional intelligence, which is self-awareness. Being real with yourself and understanding, oh my goodness, this is tough, right? This is a tough situation. I can't sugarcoat it. I'm not <laughs> feeling good about it. And I may not even know what to do about it. I have some ideas, but let me take it out there and and share it with the team. So um, that's, thank you for sharing that. So I wanna get our uh, comments out there. Marcia's out there. She says, good morning. Good morning, Marcia, thanks for tuning in. Sherry's out there. She says, hey ladies, hello, hello. And uh, then Marcia said that gravity is still thriving and yep. they are, right? But look at the steps, look at the emotionally intelligent way that he approached um, this specific uh, situation. And, and Sherry says, yes. So, um, so Roz, let's come to you in terms of that, that the food apps and how, I, I don't even know what to describe. I don't even know how to describe it. Honestly, I was so blown away when I heard this story that I thought to myself, what a, an illustration of where is your awareness of your brand and the damage to your brand? Um, how your customers, what they expect of you in terms of integrity and honesty, right? All of these are playing out in front of us. So Roz, what are your thoughts? 
when you said that they had changed their name to uh, to get clients, so for me, I, I, I guess I felt like maybe deception, fraud. That, th this is me just talking. Right. If you have a good brand that's already established, then you know the route to keep your customers is to do like a lot of the other to me businesses did was to either maintain where you are or ask your employees, hey, what can we do to step up to maintain, to make sure that everybody continues to get paid, to make sure that we all succeed during this time and taking advantage of people emotionally, I don't think is a good thing. Right. I think I know. I, I, I really don't. I, I, I don't like it. Now, so far as describing what kind of leader I am, I'm a good growing leader. I'm good because I'm growing because I take feedback from my employees. I take feedback from my business uh, coaches and business besties. You know, I, I like I said, I'm not perfect, but I'm priceless. And so that's, you know, I talk about that a lot lately. I'm not perfect, but I know that I have value. I know that what we give, we have value. We may have to adjust to meet mm -hmm. the customer needs. We may have to adjust, but not totally um, you, you know, do deceptive things to still have money coming because when you chase that short money, it's not going to mm -hmm. last long. Yeah. And, and let me be quiet because I, I, I could ride a horse on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's really important. So let me just get a couple of other comments in here. Uh, Marcia said, yep, I have emotional issues in traffic, most of which are not intelligent. <laughs> Listen, Marcia, you and a whole lot of other people. And, and then Sherry says, thanks for sharing this combo, uh, Murray. And then um, Quasi says, great example, uh, Cordelia, at, on inclusive communication for better results. Um, I think it's so important where we are. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a time for leaders to step up. If they don't uh, understand the skill of emotional intelligence, what a time to learn. Right. Get a coach, get a mentor, read some books, mm -hmm. go on mm -hmm. YouTube, do something to strengthen your skill set yeah. so that you lead a healthy organization. Your goal as a leader is to come out on the other side healthy and strong and with a team that trusts you, yes. that they know who you are and your and love you for your authenticity and your transparency. So, um, Cordelia, you were going to add something? No, I was just agreeing 100%. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's about managing the disappointment, right, mm -hmm. um, of others. And, of course, at the same time, being vulnerable and, ex and, and expressing that, you know, this is where I am also. Absolutely. Uh, Marae, mm -hmm. your thoughts? Uh, I mean, when we come down to, you know, uh, emotional intelligence, you I think you have several aspects. You have, you know, yourself, which is understand and use and manage your own emotion in a, in a positive way. But then there's also the communication with others. So being able to communicate effectively and which means you have to understand their emotion, you have to empathize, you know, uh, with them when, uh, when there's a difficult situation and help them to overcome challenges. And then you can overcome those challenges together when we talk about a company. So you always have to reach out to people and understand you know, uh, what they're all about and try to diffuse any you know, conflict that, that, that you can have you know, as, uh, you know, as you lead them, because you, you have to show the right, uh, the right thing to do you have to lead them to make a decision that's actually going to help them as well to, uh, to, to take the right decision. And the example that you gave with uh, changing names, it's actually like what Rose was saying, it's so dishonest. So it's actually showing you know, already the value of the leader and, uh, and that, those are not good values and you, you can't expect to have good results from that. It's got to be shortcoming. And, uh, and at the end of the day, you know, uh, he's going to lose and everybody's going to lose. So that it's a really a lose-lose situation. And as a leader, that's not what you're really looking for. You're looking for a win-win situation for you for your customers and for your employee as well. So there are different levels that you, uh, you have to play as a leader, um, I, I would say. 
Yeah, absolutely. I always think when you were speaking, I was thinking that how can you expect to get righteous results from unrighteous mm -hmm. actions? Exactly. Right? How do you expect to get righteous results from unrighteous actions? Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't usually happen. So Marcia says the spillover from that culture and mindset leads to a great um, client experience. And that's mm -hmm. what organizations, um, I would hope, that mm -hmm. is what they are here for, to serve the client with a positive experience. Mm -hmm. Managing the disappointment in others and sharing vulnerability uh, of what you are going through. And I mm -hmm. want to talk about that more. Sheree, thank you so much for adding that because I want to talk about that more. And empathy is a huge part of emotional intelligence. So let's dive into that part. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, um, there was this uh, feeling that emotions did not belong in the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. Leave those emotions out. Workplace is a place for logical people. And we're all going to be so rational here. And mm -hmm. every time when I am leading workshops and working with clients, I always ask, if, are you an emotional decision maker or are you a logical decision maker? And the number of people that choose logical decision maker is huge. And it shows me that there's a lack of understanding that we are emotional beings at heart right? We are emotional creatures. We make decisions emotionally and we use logic to justify the decision that we make, right? Mm -hmm. So if I see that new purse and I really want to get that new purse emotionally, I'm already there. I'm connected to that new purse. It's gorgeous. I got three outfits that can go with that new purse, but now logically I got to justify it. Well, I haven't mm -hmm. Brought a new person the past year, right? And I don't have a purse that's this color, and I actually need. So now I'm using the logic to layer that on to justify my decision. So we are emotional beings, but how does that show up in the workplace? And, and Cordelia, I'm going to come to you on this. As leaders, how do we promote healthy emotions? in the workplace so that we all get to show up in our, our authentic way, um, but not in a way that is causing chaos and conflict in the office. How do we promote using emotions healthy in a healthy way and bringing those forward in the workplace? I mean, I think that just offering um, an opportunity, you know, presenting something, right? If you're gonna change a new pol policy or something like that, okay. So this is gonna be the new policy. We'd love feedback, take some time and sit with it and actually like recommend a 24 to 48 hour time period. And the reason why I say that is it, it takes some time to process it emotionally, right? And um, and that way that, that actually, that sees people as human. Like if it's just like, we're gonna present a new policy and we need your feedback by the end of the day, it's so unrealistic. Like by the end of the day, you're still just like, oh my God, I can't believe they changed that again, right? right. But like two days later, you'll be more, you would have slept on it. You would have had dinner, lunch, breakfast, you know? And then you could be like, oh, you know, I can see the value in that, but I really have to say this, right? Cause that allows time for the wisdom to come up. I love that because what, what I hear you saying is the power of the pause. Yes. <laughs> right. The power of the pause. How many times as leaders, and honestly, I I am guilty as charged, right? In my early leadership days, I would be like, oh, we should do this. Boom, boom. I got it all worked out. All right, let's go for a team, put it out there and expect everybody to jump on board <laughs> and not understand what, what the slowness was about. Like, come on, chop, chop people. Let's let's go right this was a decision that we made and so the power of the pause i have had to learn that i've had to grow into that i've had to understand that people need time um to digest so cheryl's out there she joined us hey cheryl thanks for joining us she says so true ladies um marcia says don't start Roz on the purse convo i'm not trying to start anything marcia i'm just saying when i want that purse i am emotionally connected first and then I'll use, I'll get to the logic later. And then Cheryl says, don't use deceit in your business. Um, that's yeah. again, I, as Marie says, that is you showing people who you are. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and that doesn't really sound like a good thing. So um, she's saying hello to everyone. And then Sherry says, yes, the power of the pause. So as we think about using emotions and Roz, you, and you've got your organization, um, how can we as leaders encourage 
positive emotions in the workplace and get beyond the old emotions belong at home. And when you come to work, you should be purely a logical being. You have to set boundaries. You can have emotions in the in the workplace, but you don't have to tell all of your business. You understand what I'm saying? You could be empathetic. You can be sympathetic. But, you know, you know, I'm not going to come here and say, oh, my child is not doing this or, oh, this is happening. Or, you, you, you know, there's you know, I think there's room for it. But then, like I said, you have to have some type of limitation boundaries. Um, and, and then, you know, particularly with with my business, with caregiving is because you have to be careful a lot of times with the people you're taking care of because they're already stressed. So some people can't handle more baggage. You know, I already got my baggage. Why am I going to listen to your baggage? And I haven't dealt with my baggage. Right. So you have, to be, you have to be mindful how much you give out. And then you have to be mindful of what you say. So a lot of times when in, in, in the caregiving business, we have to be great listeners. And sometimes we have to put our emotions on the back burner because we're taking care of somebody else. But sometimes there, there are times to connect to the client because we have gone through similar issues, circumstances, trials, tribulations, pains, suffering. You know, I can connect with you and your child because I have a child and my child is a biscuit head, just like your child is a biscuit head. (laughs) (laughs) So you have those opportunities. But like I said, you have to with with my ladies, I always tell them, be mindful, you know, set your boundaries on how much you're going to give. And I give them examples, you know, of, 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 of what you can do you know, so far as with caregiving. So that's, that's how we handle it. I love that. (laughs) I love that biscuit head children and all, right? Mm -hmm. I absolutely (laughs) love that. Um, One of the things that you just brought up is two, two, what we call the two quadrants of emotional intelligence and that awareness of your own self and what might be happening with you, but also being mindful of the situation and the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Everybody around you at that moment, that might not be the time to spill out everything happening in your life. Doesn't mean you don't have the emotion, but there's a difference in having the emotion and acting on the emotion, right? Having the emotion and acting on the emotion. I might want to kill my son because he left those dishes in there. It's okay for me to feel that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go kill him. <laughs> right? And Those are two different things. And so that's really important, I think. So you mentioned that aspect, but she also, Marae, mentioned the aspect of um, what we call social awareness. And that is Mm -hmm. being aware of what others can handle. Where Mm -hmm. are they? Are they ready for this information? Mm -hmm. Is this a good time for them? So maybe I got all this stuff on my mind and I'm just bopping along and I'm just going to share it with, but the people Mm -hmm. on the other side, where are they? Right. Emotionally intelligent leaders pay attention to where Mm -hmm. other people are. So, Marae, what are your thoughts on that? No, I I totally agree because, yes, you have your own emotion, but you really need to know what's happening around you, the environment, how people feel about, you know, what's happening, because you you can't just peel out all your emotion like that. And what I used to do, because I've I've worked in the because I'm an engineer and working with engineer, it's all about logic. So sometimes it's difficult to uh, bring, you know, those emotions in, in the office. And what I used to do with my team is, you know, not address those strong emotion in the office, but create, you know, another environment, invite them maybe for coffee or for, uh, for, for uh, uh, um, lunch, and then, open up you know in that environment and uh, and normally i i had you know I, I i had pretty good result to address personal emotions and personal issues instead of doing it in in the office where you know like uh, what rose was saying you need to set boundary understand that you know you are in a certain environment there's a, a certain way you know and i always talk about a rule of engagement. So there's always a certain rule of engagement that you know you, you use in that environment that are not valid, 
you know, for any personal issues. So you need to create another environment to be able to address those personal issues and those those uh, those emotions. And uh, Cordelia mentioned, you know, the the the, the pause. That's also a good thing, you know, take, you know, take a break and give people space, you know, to digest what's happening and then come back and talk about it. So that's, uh, those are, you know, key strategies that, that I think have worked for me. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. um, we're going to keep on this line because I am mm -hmm. interested in knowing what are some ways that leaders can um, draw those emotions and, and, draw them out of their team so that mm -hmm. they can be used in a positive and healthy way in the workplace. So be thinking about that while I do a quick commercial break. If you're just tuning in, you're watching the Coffee with Rhonda show. We're talking about emotional intelligence today and how that impacts leaders, what it means to be a highly emotionally intelligent leader. Um, don't forget to comment, like, and share the video. And then if, whether you're watching live or on the replay, and um, as we go back to our discussion, it, I always wonder, how do we, because it's not the, the easiest thing to want to share your emotions in the mm -hmm. workplace, um, especially because we've been conditioned not to do mm -hmm. that. If we had grown up in an environment and, and our leadership world and our um, careers where this was an okay way to be, that would be one thing. But that's not where we've been. We've been where emotions are um, frowned upon. They are dismissed. And so how do we bring those forward in a workplace where people are not used to sharing their emotions? One example and one idea um, that I think might be helpful is to uh, for leaders to be comfortable asking questions, right? For leaders to get curious about any new change, um, anything that's infecting the work environment, not only putting the new change out there and then doing what Cordelia mentioned in that taking that time to pause, using that power of the pause, but then going back and before you move forward, how about asking some questions? How is everybody feeling about this? Let's regroup. We're going to talk about it now. And if people don't want to open up, say, you know, Nancy, I know that you've been here for a long time. What do you think about this? How are you feeling about it? You know, and asking the question, because when you start asking, all of a sudden you've given permission for people to share um, their feelings. And uh, and I think that that might be an opportunity to bring it forward. Because here's my thought. If you don't know what people's emotions are, if they're hiding it, how can you use them? How can you use the emotions in, in a healthy, productive way if everybody's hiding them? Um, and so how other strategies that you guys might have on how to get your team to the point that they are being transparent and willing to share their feelings with you. Cordelia? Well, two things like popped into my mind immediately. First, this is where the power of the story comes in, mm -hmm. right? And then the second one is changing what the questions are. So the power of the story would be, you know, this is, you know, just sharing something personally going on for that um, leader that is, you know, in keeping with what Roz said, you know, within boundaries. <laughs> but it's just like, man, I didn't even realize how much I liked just sitting on the couch watching Netflix. What about you? Like, what did you create this weekend? Did you create like more space on your couch so you could hang out there? Or did you like create a deck? That would be the question that follows the funny story, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I love that. I, I love using those stories. So Marcia had said um, periodic reminders to your uh, team and staff about appropriate expression can be highly beneficial. Absolutely, Marcia, you're giving them permission. You're bringing it in. You're saying that we value that. Um, create a separate arena to talk about personal issues is what Cheryl says. Um, people often buy in where their feedback is honored. Marcia, that's such an important point. And I think highly uh, high EQ leaders do a lot of this, right? Mm -hmm. They're always soliciting feedback. I might be saying, oh my gosh, if they ask me one more question, but honestly, I get it, right? I understand that they are soliciting so that we feel honored and valued and you are bringing that into the conversation. And 
Hosu says, hello, ladies. Hello out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really value and appreciate you joining the show. So as we talk about strategies for um, really leveraging high EQ, so I'm a leader. I'm one of those leaders who is a good leader. Um, and I am wanting to be a great leader. I want to move my team. I want to provide value. I want to show up um, for my team. How, how do I begin to become a better leader? How do I become to increase my emotional um, intelligence? And Roz and Mariah, I'm going to come to you and then I'll come to you, Cordelia. Um, how do I start to show up as a better leader, um, Roz? For me, with, with my staff, I start uh, to understand them better. Usually behaviors will take and let me know that something is going wrong. You know, if you were on time, now you're late. Uh, you hadn't called out sick, now you're calling out sick. Uh, your clothes are wrinkled. You know, just, just little things that were different. You know, and, and as a leader, you pick those things up. So, you know, you may sit down or, you know, I may take them a bunt cape or a dinner and say, hey, let's let's sit down and chew the fat for a little bit. What's up? Mm -hmm. Leaders, leaders should be just like a mother knows their child. A leader knows their team. They should know their team. They should know. And, and leaders rise to the top in any team. Leaders naturally rise to the top. And so sometimes those natural leaders will bring things to you or as a leader, you will recognize that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you, you know, we have to, um, you know, come, go to them and say, hey, you know, I noticed some changes. If there's anything that you need or anything you want to talk about, you know, let me know. That's one way. Sometimes team building exercises is another way for mm -hmm. people to recognize, you know, different things. Also, too, uh, Jose, oh, okay. Hey, I'm looking at the comment. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, so those, you know, those are some of the ways. And then sometimes as a leader, you know, I may not recognize what's going on. Like I said, and one of the other ladies may bring it to my attention because it may have slipped by me. I don't catch everything. We don't mm -hmm. catch everything as leaders. And it's good to have a good middle team to make sure that things don't get dropped, that the ball doesn't get dropped. So as a leader, you have to pay attention. You have to have a middle team. And then you also have to afford opportunities for them to talk. Just like for, um, I think it was Mother's Day. I gave all of the ladies, well, I didn't give it, but someone blessed our company and gave all of the ladies bunt cakes uh, from the nothing bunt cake. Um, oh God, they were so good. They were <laughs> sinful. <laughs> 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 one of the ladies, one of the ladies told me, she said, I didn't have anything to eat today. Oh. And I was like, okay. So I said, you don't have any. She said, no. So I don't do it often. I went to the grocery store, got her a gift certificate and brought it back and just put it in the envelope. I said, hey, at the end of the shift, come and see me. I gave her the envelope. I didn't say anything. I didn't mention it to anybody. I didn't blow it out of proportion. It's just sometimes you have to step up to the plate. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to step up. And those are things as leaders, those are the things that we have to do in order for them to open up. She may not have ever opened up. She may have been hungry for days. Oh my and God. just because I brought her a bunt cake, she opened up. Because we because I extended myself, because I showed, as they say, show yourself friendly, I showed myself friendly. And sometimes that's what we have to do. It doesn't take a, you know, a big parade to find out what's going on. Sometimes it's just the tea tiny as I say, little tea tiny little things. Wow. That make it wow, Roz. That that's really powerful. And um, so um, it's Joshua in English. He said hello to Roz. Oh, thank you so much because I was so stuck. I didn't want to. I don't. Ha I hate to mess people's names up. So thank you so much, Joshua. Um, Cherie says that yes, I love this. And then Marcia said that anonymous suggestion box can also come into play because it may allow people who are not um, comfortable coming forward. Right. There's a lot of folks that may not be comfortable speaking mm -hmm. in open settings or open meetings and those sorts of things, but you want their feedback too. Um, and so how do we continue to be better leaders, Marae? How do we improve 
our emotional mm -hmm. intelligence so that we can move into that realm of becoming great leaders. One of the things as, as a leader is you, you have to be transparent and, uh, and really articulate uh, clearly what, what you're looking for. So you, you need to understand who in, in your team and know your team because then you, you know how you can communicate with everybody to arrive at what you want. So because those are, you know, people are, are very different and uh, you need to create the right dynamic. And the, the way to create this dynamic is to know the, to know the team and, and get to engage with them uh, when necessary. Uh, because you, the, the thing is you want to draw the best out of them and, uh, and, and really create this environment so that uh, they, they always feel comfortable to come to you or even to you know to talk to somebody in the group. It, it, it doesn't have to be you. It, it can be somebody in your team that you can use to address you know another team member uh, uh, issue. It, and uh, but for that you have to know your team. You have to take the time to understand how they react, what kind of emotion they bring in in different circumstances and really draw from that to, to be able to, to bring something positive on, on, on the table. And, and one thing as well that, you know, Tim, uh, when you lead that people appreciate is you being able to, to make the hard choices because a lot of, you know, a lot of people that we lead have issues and they, you know, they have fears and, you know, when you're, Stand up, you know, in those moments of fears and those moments of in those challenging moments, and and make the hard choice for help them to make the hard choices. I think you really, you know, show that you are a leader, and uh, and it facilitates a lot of things. Awesome, thank you so much, Marae. I think yeah. I think that you're right. So, um, you know, as Sherry said, thank you for that story. Yes, it really was powerful, and it helps us um, to see different things, the little things mm -hmm. that leaders can do to make a mm -hmm. difference in the lives of the people they serve. Um, because that's what leadership is. It really mm -hmm. is about service. And um, so let me ask you, and even though leadership is about service, we have triggers. Mm -hmm. And and do you all know your triggers? Because <laughs> I got a few of my own, right? And so as a leader, and for you out there watching, what are your triggers? Right. What do you get triggered by? And then what do you do when you are triggered? So let's just have a moment of transparency here and just talk about our triggers because we all have them. And I think it's another aspect of self-awareness when you understand what sets you off, what pushes your buttons. And then um, and then how do you react to that? Um, for me, it's very interesting. I. I like to create alignment. Um, in the team. And, and it sometimes will push every button I have if I feel like somebody is being um, too divisive or, or and I feel like it's not being done in a productive way. Because I think that there are ways to, to show a dissenting uh, opinion or to share that you don't agree in a productive way. But when I feel like it's not being done in a productive way, then I get super irritated. I'm just going to keep it real, right? And I have to, I have to pause for a moment, and I have to catch myself because my initial response and what I want to say out of my mouth would probably not be the most productive thing. So I have to realize that I'm being triggered, and then I have to find a different way to manage it because my goal is always to be productive and, and navigate the situation to positive outcome. And I can't do that if I just blurt out what comes into my mind because I got triggered. So, so that's me personally. One of the things that triggers me is someone who's not sharing um, their uh, lack of agreement in a very productive way that can allow folks to get on board and for us to regroup and to move forward. What about you all? What are your triggers? And then how do you ma manage and navigate through that? So Cordelia, we'll start with you. Okay. This is super fun for me right now because like we're all at home. So <laughs> I get to spend a lot more time with my teenagers. And so 
the ones that like to intentionally press buttons Mm -hmm. triggers me. And um, so for the most part, I, this, this is going to be fun for everybody, right? What you have to do with a teenager is, or even an adult, right? So for a teenager, you just subtract 10 years, but for an adult, you, (laughs) you subtract like, if they're 54, then it would be minus 50, right? And so when you see someone from that age, it's like you can smile and you're like, oh yeah, I remember you used to do this when you were four. And, <laughs> and then it's just like understanding, I just take a moment to see them really, right? And understand where they've evolved to. The difference now, they have more vocabulary. <laughs> they're taller. And, uh, you know, they have more people to push buttons because back then I only had two kids when he was four. So, um, but anyway, so that really helps me come from a place of compassion. And I do this, like I said, you know, with adults, I just subtract. It's like, okay, you're 52, right? So if, <laughs> when you were two, you were doing this to your mom. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a strategy we, we can all use. So when, anybody, when people start pushing your buttons, just start <laughs> subtracting. For every button they push, I'm going to subtract, subtract 10 years. Yes. <laughs> they may be back in utero before I know it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> At the point they're not even bored because I'm just going to keep on subtracting. So, so Roz, what about you? Thank you, Cordelia. What about you? And what are your triggers and how do you manage those? Whoa. See, you should have had me last. You should have let Marae go next. But since you can't <laughs> <Not> go. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, no. No, let's do it. Let's go to Marae first because Roz, I don't know about what the, what, 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 what am I triggered? I don't know. I mean, because I can, I can be triggered anytime. <laughs> like what Cordelia was saying with children. You, you basically, you know, you don't put any word and you can be triggered at any time, you know, so it's, it, it's, it's really difficult to, <laughs> to, to actually, you know, forecast when you're gonna, when you're gonna have that moment. But I think one thing that, you know, I, I really don't like is impatient people and Uh-oh. you can imagine with children, it's, uh, it, it's a difficult test for me. Uh, so when people are impatient, they don't listen, they always want to, to talk without listening, that can trigger a lot of, you know, a lot of things in me because I, I, I really appreciate when, you know, you let people express, you know, themselves, express their, whatever they have to say, and then, you know, give them the space to, to explain to you because sometimes if you cut them or if you don't listen, you really don't understand, you know, from which angle they're coming from. Right. So it can be really, you know, tri- and it can trigger a lot of things for me, especially in the, you know, sometime in, in the uh, professional environment where you have, you know, uh, it's always about doing, 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 and people don't take the time to sit down and to listen to right. everybody because we all have, you know, something to say in, in, in what we do, uh, if we work on a project, we don't have to cut people because of time and say, oh, no, 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 we, we can't listen to that. We, we, we can't waste time and, you know, and start to listen to everybody. And that can really trigger me because I, I really value everybody's opinion. And then, you know, we can, we can decide what we're going to, what we're going to, you know, keep and what we think that, you know, it's not going to be valuable for this particular situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, Marie, you are you. It sounds like you're so under control. I may have to talk to your hubby and ask him. <laughs> <what triggers you. laughs> I, I thought you he's got a few things on his <laughs> Next time we will invite him on the show. I'll tell him. I'll yeah. tell him. <laughs> that would be awesome. He can give us, as they say, he can give us all the tea on. <laughs> Awesome. So, Roz, all right. So, what triggers you and how do you manage that? Ooh, Moray said a couple of things. Wasting my time. If I talk to you and give you instructions, and I have to keep repeating over and over and over and over. 
Remember last week I told y'all about my alter ego? Remember the alter ego last week? Yeah, tell us her name again. Tell us her name again because I want to name her supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. But what was her name? Her, her, name, her name is Jaquita Alize Jenkins Johnson. If I give you oh that that just curls the hair on the back of my neck. Mm-hmm. I give you instructions. Well, I still don't understand. Okay, well, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna discuss, and, and I'm gonna have a discussion, take you through this, and then you're gonna come back and do something else. Then the next thing that makes me hotter than fish grease. <laughs> hotter than fish grease. <laughs> when you have a problem, you bypass me, and you uh, uh, say, for instance, a lot of our clients, their children take care of their finances, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of coming to me, I had I had an employee go to one of the children and ask for a raise. Ooh, whoa! Oh yeah, trigger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> away. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> Trigger. Trigger. <laughs> Trigger. Yes, I that was a big gun. <laughs> yeah, I cocked that gun. It was a trigger. It, yeah, it, it triggered me. Yeah, it, it triggered. You know, you know what I'm saying? But you know, those are the things that you know I I I try to let them know, hey, don't bother the client, come to me if I'm not available. I have what's called leads on each case. If you cannot get me, get to the lead. But wait, don't do anything until we come back to you with the answer. If we don't come back to you with the answer, don't move. Don't move. But no, you want to be, you know, great and look good in front of everybody else. And then you turn around and lose your job because you you know what they tell me in the end? This is this is what the, the client's children tell me. If they disrespect you, they'll disrespect my mother or father. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what the next thing is they say, let them go, because if they can't respect you, I'm scared what they're going to do to my parents mm-hmm. or my loved one. So at that point, you've messed up and I got to let you go. But that's mm-hmm. that's my trigger. That's all I wanted to say. I, I'm, I'm holding it back. I'm holding it down. Oh, my goodness. You know, I that is so interesting. People um, often I find in those situations, I do try to get curious, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking, okay, what in the world, <laughs> right? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? And so as I try to dissect what they might be thinking, well, um, maybe they didn't understand sort of the light that this was going to shine on them as individuals. Maybe they were in a hurry. Maybe their finances just fell off a cliff and they panicked a bit and didn't know how to handle that and are now trying to manipulate certain things. So I start asking all of these questions um, before the end of the day, of course, obviously you have to have a conversation with that person. You can't figure it all out on your own, but I do try to figure it out and look at Roz. Roz is like, what is, you know, it is just really interesting for me. And when I help leaders, I teach them a strategy that I call UCR advantage. And, and I'm going to share it quickly here because I think it's applicable. It doesn't matter if it's um, dealing with your leadership or in your personal life, right? You've got a relationship with someone in your life that you want to improve. Is that your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your hubby, your children, you know? Um, and, And the way to do that is by raising your EQ. You can raise your EQ and bring your best self to the table using a strategy that I call UCR Advantage. And the reason that I love the strategy is because I like to say it's ridiculously simple yet remarkably effective, right? Ridiculously simple and remarkably effective. Emotional intelligence is overcomplicated. We're like, well, you know, it's this and this is this quadrant and this. Forget all of that. When you show up in the office in the morning, here's what I need you to do. I need you Mm. to deepen your level of understanding. Okay, deepen your level of understanding, your understanding of self, your feelings about whatever the situation is, your emotions. I need you to deepen your level of understanding of the other person. Mm -hmm. Who else is involved in this situation? So don't stop at you, right? You know what you think and what you feel, but get in their shoes. 
try to see from their perspective what might they be thinking and feeling and then once you understand set a goal that's also a part of understanding. Understanding is what do you want to come out of this situation? With Rob's situation, I would say, all right, what do I want to happen here? Right? Setting a goal. And then once I do that, then I move into the C and the R of the UCR advantage. And then I communicate and I respond accordingly. If I have not set a goal and I'm busy being triggered and I'm busy reacting and I'm busy jumping in and I have not set a goal, it's likely that what I'm going to say may not lead to the best outcome. What I'm going to do and how I'm going to respond may not be the best outcome. So I take emotional intelligence and I boil it down for leaders very, very simply. You want to improve your emotional intelligence? Use UCR, deepen your level of understanding, listen, be mindful, understand yourself, understand others and set a goal. Then follow through with the communication that aligns with that goal. If, I'm, if I've got a goal of building a cohesive team, I can't be yelling. I can't be hiding things. I can't be doing all of these things that are contrary to building the team, which is the goal that I set. And then my follow through matches. So that's my strategy um, that I share. And um, Cherie's out there. She said, great show. Ladies love this. We'll follow your show, Rhonda. Thank you so much, Cherie. Uh, we really appreciate you. And um, as we go through, that's how I help leaders. So as we wrap up and we do our final roundtable, um, I'm going to turn it to each of you. I am a leader. I've got an honorary team or a big challenge or something hard that I'm facing that I'm trying to manage and I want to be better. I want to be greater. What's your um, what's your words to me, your words of wisdom to me? Um, what are any strategies that I might use in order to get better? Cordelia, I'm going to come to you last on this final round because I want, as I come to you last, be sure that you tell folks um, how they can learn more about you and how they can stay connected with you also. So, um, to, uh, Marae, let's start with you and then we'll go to Roz and then Cordelia. So I think, I mean, after what you said, it you know, it's uh, it's just really compliment and agree that, you know, it's, uh, you know, emotional intelligence, like I said, is about, you know, your ability to understand and, you know, use and manage your own emotion. And you want to do that in a positive way uh, to, to be able to communicate effectively. And, uh, and I talked about the, you know, empathy as well, you know, empathize with others, which is translating to putting yourself into their shoe to understand, you know, what kind of emotion that they, they're going through in, the, in this situation and help them to, you know, and, and it helps you to get the right response. To, uh, to the challenge that they are they are facing and and diffuse you know the conflict because then you know you 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 don't create a conflict you, a conflict between the person that you're interacting with and you you start to align and find a, a solution together and that's uh, that that's really the the important important thing is it it, it works both ways it starts with you but then you need to, you know, to reach out to uh, to the person that you are, uh, uh, you know, interacting with, and understand how those emotions actually can be, you know, uh, integrated with, you know, and and get to the right, you know, to the right solution to the problem that you you are faced or to what whatever you you're doing together, mm -hmm. and uh, and this emotional intelligence help really to build stronger relationship and yeah. it helps you to you know and it helps to really bond people and create a, a a very good you know a very good environment and an environment where there's uh, you know there, there's really clarity and yeah. uh, and where everybody is transparent as well and that's that's important as a leader to to create those safe environment where people can express themselves without mm -hmm. being fearful because that's, right. that's the problem. And if you're fearful, you, you don't dare and you start to get stressed. And that's when, you know, those negative emotions are actually, you know, coming out. So you really, as a leader, want to create this platform and this environment where people feel really safe to express their, their emotion and understand that even, you know, when they, they bring the wrong emotion, they're not going to be sanctioned or something. So that's, that's really what I wanted to say. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Marae. Roz. 
So talk to us about and, your- and I have to piggyback on what Mariah was saying. That's okay. Go ahead. Um, managing, uh, just like she said, the biggest thing for me is 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 to manage the situation, but also too, I have to have allow my employees to have a stake in the solution. They have to have they have to be a stakeholder in the solution. And so what I do is if we have a problem, I say, okay, so what is your thought? What is you know how would you like to see the outcome? What can mm-hmm. you know? What suggestions do you have to implement not only to manage it? But to fix it, because a lot of times when people don't have a stake in something, you know, they're like, you know, I don't count. I don't make a difference. But if they have a stake in something, you know, just like a stockholder, if Mm -hmm. if, you know, they have to have some type of event, something of value has to be there for them. So that's how I manage that. That's that's my suggestion. Mm, I love that. Uh, Marcia said um, that also make sure that you have a strong leadership support system in place for yourself. Mm. High EQ leaders do not try to do it all. High Mm. EQ leaders understand the value of building the bench and being able to go home and have a peace of mind because you've got a strong group in place. Um, Cheryl said another fantastic show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for watching. And you are um, you've been tuning in and we appreciate your support for us. So Cordell, mm-hmm. your final thoughts on emotional intelligence and building that wonderful empowered workforce. Yeah. So my uh, process is called replenish me and it comes from, it's, it's mostly a mindfulness practice where you practice self-compassion, self-forgiveness, which builds your self-belief and completes you with self-trust and when we are in that being, we can only radiate out and come from a place of love, like Marie said. And when you do that, your your base is always going to be compassion. Your base is always going to be deep listening, like Ross said. Your base is always going to be seeing people and actually seeing them as a complete human being. Mm-hmm. Um, so... This, um, this is what I would recommend to leaders to just be in the practice of the way we treat ourselves, the way we talk to ourselves is the way we're going to treat and talk to everybody else. And um, this, I know that it's true. One of my clients, she was actually, she's a director um, in a government agency, and she just could not get her staff on board with anything. And then she started working with me. And um, I have on the self-compassion piece, something I call sweet talk. Mm -hmm. And so the more she was sweet talking herself, she found that she was easily able to see and hear her staff. And um, it actually enrolled a lot of her leadership team to to listen to her. And then all of a sudden, the productivity in her whole department just went up by 20% within a couple of weeks, you know? So we're human first. Mm -hmm. And as long as we recognize that we ourselves are human, then we'll treat other people the same. Mm -hmm. Wow. I absolutely love that. So Cordelia, if people want to follow you or learn more about you, how do they reach you? Yeah. So my hangout spot is my Replenish Me group on Facebook. And in there, I I love to hang out with my ladies and um, really serve female leaders and change makers and entrepreneurs there. Um, of course, I have a website, which is CordeliaGafar.com. And I'm mostly outside of my Facebook group on LinkedIn and Instagram. And again, I make it super easy. Just follow Cordelia Gafar. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So Cheryl says, so very true. She was resonating with the comments that you made. Um, at the end of the day, I think emotional intelligence is um, is really about putting yourself in that position to get what you get more of what you want in your life and less of what you don't get more of what you want and less of what you don't. That's in every single aspect of your life, whether it's personal, professional um, or what have you. And how do you do that by showing up as your best self, uh, managing that self-talk as Cordelia is saying so that you can um, be that effective leader and communicator with all those around you that you serve. So we are so very thankful and grateful for you guys hanging out with us again for another Coffee with Rhonda show. It's been great 
fun as always. High five to the ladies and the wonderful team. You guys are awesome. Thank you for another great conversation. Um, we have to hold up. Uh-oh, Roz, did you get your cup? No? Oh, Roz. All right. All right. You got to. <laughs> you've been a bad girl, Roz. You got to hold up your fist. Let's see if I can get this in the shot. All right, everybody, hold it up. <laughs> All right, good job. That'll be our post-production shot. Hilarious, Ron. This one is going to be just hilarious. Okay, so um, uh, so Cheryl is out there saying replenish me group on Facebook for Cadelia. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for, for adding that. And then online search. Amazing, amazing conversation today. I hope that it helps leaders. It's just, this is just a bit, right? This is only an hour show. We really can't dig it underneath the surface the way that we would like to, but it definitely gives us a start. So for everybody out there, remember to stay positive, be empowered, always, always express gratitude and appreciation for what's in your cup, both physically and metaphorically. For those of you uh, watching, we will see you next time. Don't forget to like and share the video. And for uh, all of my panel, stay tuned for just a minute. Bye everyone. Bye. <laughs>